doing something great in that city. He really is. And um, I am I am just uh, in awe of what I felt while I was there with them. And so we've been working on getting him here. And I was so thrilled when uh, we were able to finally nail down a date that he and his good wife could come and be with us in service. And he knows, I, I don't say this to every man that steps behind this pulpit, but there are some men that I say to them, there are no fetters, you preach what you feel. And um, I, I know, you know, there's, there's kind of this misconception. People say there should always be an unfettered pulpit. Well, I'm going to tell you, there, there are situations I'm going to keep some fetters on the pulpit. I'm just... I don't want just anything and everything being said behind this pulpit. And so there are some fetters that I put on the pulpit. But, but when a man like this comes, that I know he knows how to walk in the Spirit and how to be used of God, then I can take those fetters off and tell him just to take his perfect liberty and obey the voice of God. And I believe we're going to hear from God today. I really do. I really do. I think we can do better than this this morning. I, I don't know if everybody stayed out too late and you're still trying to catch up on your sleep, but I think we can do better than what we're doing right now. In fact, before I ever turn this pulpit to this man, I think we ought to take a few more moments and really reach out to God. And we want the touch of the Holy Ghost in this service. I want to see somebody pray through today. I want to see God fill a soul with the Holy Ghost today. I want to see God do something great today. Come on, saints. Let's get a hold of God. Let's reach out to Him right now. Let's, let's talk to Him right now. Jesus, we need you in this place. God, would you grant liberty in this house right now? Lord God, I pray, let this man of God feel perfect liberty to deliver the burden of his heart today. God, I believe you've given a message to him for this assembly. And Lord, I don't want any spirit of hell to hold us back. And I don't want our flesh to hold us back. I want the Holy Ghost to have its way before we leave this house today. Oh, Lord Jesus, we come to you right now praying, God, touch us in a special way. Oh, let the mind of God be expressed today. I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Brother Owens, we love you dearly. And we want you to come today. We want you to take your liberty. I want everyone to say, Brother Owens, preach to me. Would you say that, Brother Owens? Preach to me. God bless you. Take your liberty today. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Ain't God good. You may be seated momentarily. And uh, I do count, count it an honor to be here. It has been quite some time. And uh, yeah, I meant to give you that key back. I just kept forgetting to do that. <laughs> 
I don't know if it still works or not. You might have changed the locks by now, but <laughs> it worked when I left. <laughs> Amen. But uh, a lot of interesting stories. Come back here one night. We was up the road preaching, and uh, the door had been left unlocked. We got here, got back from up the road and pulled in around here. We stay in the evangelist quarters about 12:30 in the morning. Pulled up, and there's a bicycle parked out back. Well, that wasn't there when I left. So I circled around and and uh, pulled back up, and some stranger come walking out the back door. <laughs> He'd been here just looking around, checking the place out, trying to see if he could find somebody. <laughs> so uh, oh, I'll never forget that night. But uh, anyway, anyway, it's good to be in the house of the Lord today. Are a lot of new faces here that I don't recognize, so that's a good thing. Good to see some familiar faces. I wasn't going to say old faces, that's an insult, but it's good to see familiar faces, some familiar faces are still here, and uh, good to have the Lord here today, good to have the Lord here today, I give honor, honor to him, to the Lord Jesus Christ, he is the reason we're here, he is the head of who we are, and uh, the Bishop of Souls, and I, I submit to him today. Give honor to your pastor, Sister Riggin. We love them very much. We count them as dear friends. Always have. Always have. And uh, love and, and greatly appreciate them. We go way, way back. And uh, and I admire him, esteem him, look up to him. And uh, ask him a lot of questions and pick his brain. And a lot of wisdom and knowledge and Bible doctrine. And the man of God that, that pastors this church. And uh, I know you're thankful for that. And uh, somebody who can preach and teach with anointing, the power of the Holy Ghost. We've got the same spiritual DNA. Um, my pastor and his pastor, because my pastor is one I want to be with the Lord. But uh, my pastor and uh, Elder Reagan come out of the same church. So we kind of got that spiritual DNA thing going there. And uh, there is something to that. There is something. There's something to that. Amen. But I feel something on my heart here today. And uh, since I have been, been pastoring, I have come to appreciate and, and even fall in love with uh, teaching. I still do get wound up, but there are times that I say, I tell our church at home that I'm going to teach and end up going wide open. It just gets to burning in me. But... I do, I do spend a lot of time getting down the weeds and uh, teaching the word of the Lord and teaching and preaching. Both are powerful when they're anointed and they're from God. Amen. Some of the most powerful moves of God I've seen come from a man that just got up and talked slow. Talked very slow and was just laying it out. And the time it was over, there was miracle signs and wonders done. Because you know what? The power of God is not, not drummed up. You can't force that with flesh. Authority is what it is. We're actually going to get into that here in a little bit. But you've been, you know, I was saying, I've probably done it in my younger days. I've been in camp meetings. I've seen it around the church I grew up in. You know, every now and then somebody come in full of the devil. And, uh. You know, we think we can grab their head and just shake it and scream real loud and shake and convulse in Jesus' name. And that probably will work. 
Do you know what? If you know where you stand with God, you can just look at him and calmly speak and say, in the name of Jesus, come out of him. And that spirit's got to come out of him. It's not about the voice inflections. It's not about the gyrating and the shaking. It's about the power of the Holy Ghost. Because before there was anybody, there was God. Woo! Hallelujah. Yeah, hallelujah. There's power. Power in the Holy Ghost. And uh, the Lord spoke clearly to me uh, before I got here a couple different things this morning and tonight in the direction I felt led to go this morning after being up late last night in fellowship and a little after five I woke up I'm wide awake and I felt an urgency to pray and I went and found a place to pray and, and met with God and the Holy Ghost burned this in me today I want to help someone here today and uh, I've come to do business in the Holy Ghost today I'm not here to mess around I didn't, I didn't come 12 and a half hours. I did go to admit, but I didn't agree to come here and skip home to play games. I come to preach what thus saith the Holy Ghost. And if you'll hear what the Lord has put on my heart here today, I believe not because I'm preaching it, but because it's from the word of the Lord, it'll help you in your walk with God. And ultimately, we want to please Him. We want His will to be accomplished. And uh, it's not the will of God that the church live in torment. It's not the will of God that people live lives that's not victorious. It's not the will of God that saints going around the spirit of depression. That's not the will of God. It's not the will of God for saints to be plagued by, by tormenting things. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. Amen. Will you stand with me in honor to the reading of the word of the Lord? I'm glad to have my beautiful wife with me today. And uh, if I get in trouble and this ain't going good, I'll hand her the mic. Maybe she can do a better job. She does a good job preaching at home, so I don't know. Second Kings chapter, with no offering. Second Kings chapter 2, verse number 1. Oh, hallelujah. And it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elisha said unto Elisha, Terry, here I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. Elisha said unto him, As thy Lord liveth, thy Lord liveth, as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets that were with Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he said, Yea, I know it. Hold your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth, as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he answered, Yea, I know it. Hold your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Terry, I pray thee here, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood in view far off. And they stood by Jordan. Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters. And they were divided hither and thither. So they two went over on dry ground. It came to pass when they were gone over. Elijah said unto Elijah, Ask what I shall do for thee, before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. And nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass as they still went on, and talked that behold there appeared a chariot of fire and a horse of fire and parted them both asunder 
and Elijah went up by a whirlwind in to heaven. And you read in verse 13, he took the mantle, the mantle fell back down, he took the mantle and he went back and he smoked the waters. And uh, I always thought that that was Elijah's stipulation, but when I began to dig into this and to study this, that was the stipulation come from God and that he felt to tell him. He said, you know, you ask a hard thing, and in one sense, it's not really mine to give. But he said, if you see the mantle, or you see me, rather, when I depart, then you, you can take assuredly that God is gonna, God, God's going to give you the de, uh, desire of your heart. But if you don't see it, it's not going to happen. And he said, I'm going to make sure, Elisha said, I'm going to make sure, you know, he stood right there by him. And uh, he was there, and he saw that mantle come down. And he picked it up, and he had the double portion. Go with me to the book of Acts chapter 19. Just a couple scriptures from here, a few scriptures from there. And from there, we will launch into this to see what the Lord will do. Acts 19, verse 11. Acts 19, verse 11. <clears throat> and God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. So that from his body were brought unto him sick handkerchiefs of aprons, and the diseases departed from them, the evil spirits went out of them. Then certain of the vagabond Jews' exorcists took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits in the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure thee by Jesus, whom Paul preacheth. <clears throat> and there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and a chief of the priest, which did so. Seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, a chief of the priest, which did so. And the, and the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are ye? And the man in whom the evil spirit was, can you imagine being here seeing this happen? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this was known all to the Jews and Greeks and all that dwelt at Ephesus, and fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. When they saw this phenomenon here, the fear of the Lord in the name of Jesus was magnified. The fear fell on the people. I promise if you'd been there, you'd have to fear God real quick too. And the name of the Lord was magnified. I want to talk about for the next little bit here, the false authority fallacy. The false authority fallacy. But when the Lord spoke this message to me, actually what went through my mind, and I subtitled it, The Spirit of False Authority. Hallelujah. Amen. There is authority in the Holy Ghost. And there's a key to having that authority in the Holy Ghost. And there's a lot of apostolic churches going through the motions that don't have that authority. They're not worth I feel the Holy Ghost on me here today. A lot of people, when they're frustrated to walk with God because they're clueless about where they stand with God and they don't have the authority that they're supposed to have. Woo! I feel something moving in my heart here today. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. It might not be a big deal to you, but it's a big deal to the devil. And he knows if you've got the goods or not. I am feeling this. Or no. 
I don't care. I don't want to jump into my message. I don't care what name is on the church. I don't care what name you go by. You can profess to be apostolic all you want to, and you can scream at the top of your lungs, your Jesus' name, and I'm glad I'm apostolic, and I'm glad I'm Jesus' name. But I'm going to tell you what, that don't mean squat to the devil if you ain't got the goods. There's a lot of people professing that are sitting on apostolic pews bound by a spirit of infirmity and bound by an unclean spirit. And wondering why the church ain't having revival. Wondering why they can't take their city because they're not where they need to be to operate in the authority of the Holy Ghost. They claiming they got it. That don't mean nothing to hell. I don't know about you, but I want to make my mark in hell. I want God to know who I am, and I want the devil to know who I am. Jesus we know. Paul we know. But pardon me, who are you, sir? Let's pray. Lift your voice with me. Ah, come on, I told you, I'm here to do business in the Holy Ghost. God wants to help somebody today. God, I haven't come with pomp and circumstance. I come leaning on you. God, I've come totally surrendered to you this morning. Get my flesh out of the way. I surrender my will, my heart, my mouth, my tongue, my soul. My ego, my pride. I submit it all. I put it on the altar today. Let somebody get the deliverance they've been looking for today. Let somebody get the answer they've been looking for today. In Jesus' name. Before you're seated, would you clap your hands to the Lord? Come on, do it like you mean it and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. 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 I've come to preach in the Holy Ghost. It's time to push back on some spirits of hell. Ah! Hallelujah, hallelujah. Ain't the will of God for the church to be bowing and cowering down to the devil. The devil is not the most the strongest spirit in town. The Holy Ghost is the strongest spirit in town. Woo! You may be seated. You may be seated. Amen, amen. There is a spirit of hell. You can call it whatever you want to call it. It deceives people that causes... Uh, People to feel, to feel uh, they possess a power that they don't truly, they don't truly possess. I come across this statement, and I, and I like this. Spiritual authority is something we steward, not own. Let that sink in a minute here. It is something that we have been made stewards of, but we do not own it. In uh, the bigger sense, because all authority comes from God. Amen. The devil's a, the devil, what little power he has is only because God allows him to have that. And uh, the great temptation, the great temptation to spiritual authority is to hold on tightly as if it's something we can control rather than to see it as a form of God's favor, his power that we use wisely but hold loosely. It ain't something we take lightly, but something we hold loosely. You make, am I making sense here, here today? It's something that we do not possess. The moment you feel like it's you, you lose it. The moment you feel like you can control it and you can manipulate it, you've lost it. 
But when you stay surrendered to God, and I have learned this by trial and error, and I have learned this just by living for God, that the more surrendered you are, the more power you have in the Holy Ghost. The more surrendered and the more submitted you are, the more authority and the more power you have in the Holy Ghost. Totally submitted, totally surrendered. You'll have the authority you need to get the job done. Unsubmitted, unsurrendered. You will not, I don't care if you have the Holy Ghost. If you're unsubmitted and you're unsurrendered uh, un, uh, to the Lord, you will not have all that you need to get the job done. I don't know about you, I don't like to lose. God ain't gonna lose, and so there's no point in me losing. He said in Acts 1 8, but you shall receive power. That word power means authority. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. Uh, I want to remind you today that when you got the Holy Ghost, uh, you was more surrendered to God at that point than you had ever been in your life. The moment God filled you with the Holy Ghost uh, and you begin to speak in other tongues, that's a, and if you haven't done that, you need to do that today. If you haven't done that, you got no power over the devil. That's the truth anyhow. I'm going to say it again. If you haven't surrendered to God and repented of your sins uh, and been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, uh, you're going to find yourself getting thumped just like these boys here did. Amen. And so when you receive the Holy Ghost and you begin to speak in other tongues, uh, you were more surrendered and submitted to God at that moment and full of faith and had the faith that took uh, than you'd ever been in your life. And I'm thankful when he filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And if it worked then, it'll work now. You're saved by the washing of regeneration and by the renewing of the Holy Ghost. I've been preaching at every service at my church, saying it's not the will of God to go service after service and not pray through to speaking in tongues. It's not the will of God to go month after month, week after week, and not pray through to speaking in tongues. Amen. If you can't pray through and speak in tongues in church, I know it ain't happening behind closed doors. Amen. I'm telling you, I feel that one locking up on me there a little bit. Amen. It's not the will of God to go day in and day out and never pray through. But there needs to be a constant renewing of the Holy Ghost. There needs to be, amen. I believe you need to personally do it daily. Say, do I have to? Why in God's name when you want to? Full of the Holy Ghost. Full of the Holy Ghost. And so from that point on, as long as you continue to grow, and, and surrender and in submission to God, the more power you're going to have in God. But the opposite of that is true. The more puffed up in pride and carnality you are, the less power you're going to have with God. And again, I'm telling you, the devil knows the position you stand in the Holy Ghost. He knows where you are. Amen. I'm jumping ahead of myself. But when you look in Corinthians, 
when Paul was telling the ladies for the men, you know, to have short hair and the ladies to keep their, the scissors out of their hair. He said, because of the angels, uh, there's something spiritual that takes place uh, and God can tell and the angels can tell uh, and the demons of hell can tell uh, where you stand by what you do, how you dress, uh, how you talk, how you walk. Uh, amen. And where you stand with God. Uh, I don't know about you, but when the devil looks at me, I want him to know I'm fully surrendered to the Holy Ghost. Uh, I want him to know that's a child of God right there. Uh, amen. I'm worried when that guy gets down to pray. Uh, I'm worried when that sister gets down to pray. Uh, I get hey, There's some people sitting on apostolic pews uh, that the devil ain't afraid of. Uh, it's time we say that ain't acceptable. Uh, it's time we say that ain't right. Uh, amen. We're going to take the kingdom of hell. Uh, we're going to kick back the kingdom of hell. Uh, we're going to have revival in this church. Uh, we're going to have a move of the Holy Ghost. We're going to live the victorious life. We're supposed to live. You don't got to be bound by filthy thoughts every day if you don't want to be. Can be seated. Amen, amen. The more, the more carnality, the less power. The more flesh is alive, the less spiritual authority you have standing with God and uh, walking in the Spirit. You know, well, I thought I got everything when I got the Holy Ghost. You just got started when you got the Holy Ghost. At that point, you was dead. But you, he quickened you by his Spirit. It's just like growing up when you was born in life. Hey, Amen. You didn't know at five years old what you know today. Now, some people may have, you know, you question, but for the majority... The majority, you don't know. You, you know. you knew a whole lot more today than you did when you were five years old. That's how it is. It's supposed to be in the Holy Ghost and in your walk with God. When God fills you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I understand you got the new convert stage. But you're not supposed to be ten years where you were when you got in this thing. If you are, something's wrong. There's a growing up. Uh, there's a knowledge. Uh, there's a power that comes with growing in your walk with God. Uh, amen. And the more tests you go through and the more trials you go through and the more surrendered you become, uh, the more power you have with God. Uh, amen. Uh, Elijah didn't get that overnight when he walked in and he told Ahab uh, that it, by my word it shall not rain uh, until I say so. Uh, he didn't get that overnight, uh, but something had been working in that prophet. God had been establishing that prophet uh, Amen. He just come out of nowhere, it appears, uh, and said, hear you the word of the Lord. Uh, amen. You're not just going to magically get some kind of superhuman, uh, super, superman touch uh, that's going to cause you to pull your shirt off, and you're going to be standing there with a big S on your chest. Uh, amen. But you're going to go through some things. Uh, there's going to be some flesh that's got to die out. Uh, there's going to be some old habits that you got to shake off. Uh, there's some old mentalities that you got to lay at the altar. Why? When you do that, not only will you be saved, uh, but you can become full of the Holy Ghost. Uh, you can have the power and the authority of the Holy Ghost you're supposed to have. Yeah. Amen. Let me read to you here, 2 Corinthians 12, 1. It is not expedient me for the doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelation of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. Whether in the body, I cannot tell. Whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth that such a one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth, how that he was caught up into paradise. Uh, 
and heard unspeakable words which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such an one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in my infirmities, for though I would desire to glory, I shall not be as a fool. For I will say the truth, uh, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or he that heareth me, and lest I should be exalted above measure. Through the abundance of revelations, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, uh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this saying I besought the Lord thrice, uh, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Uh, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, uh, that the power of Christ... Uh, may rest upon me. Therefore, I have pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecution, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Amen. Paul said, I learned something here, that if I'm strong in the flesh, I'm weak in God. Uh, if I'm strong in my, if I was strong in my revelations, uh, if I was strong and puffed up, uh, I was weak in the spirit. Uh, but he said, I learned how to overcome the devil. Uh, he said, that is, uh, I look at my test and I look at my trials uh, and I look at the messengers of Satan I gotta deal with uh, that come and go and try to buffet me. Uh, and I realize I don't get bitter. Uh, I don't feel God forsaken. Uh, but I realize that that's God's way uh, of keeping my flesh and I learned that when I am weak, then I am strong. When I'm weak, when I submit to the test and I surrender to the trial, I'm full of the Holy Ghost. And I got the power over the devil that I'm supposed to have. Amen. God don't need us flexing our scar carnal muscle. He could care less how much time you spend in the gym. I want to know how much time do you spend in the altar? How much time do you spend laying on your face crying out to God? Submitting to God. God, let's worship him. Come on, somebody cry out to him. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, do you want some victory today? Come on, do you want to come out of that shell? Come on, do you want to be a soul winner or a pew warmer? Amen. Do you want liberty in the Holy Ghost? Or do you enjoy being bound? I don't enjoy being bound, but I want to worship in the Spirit. I want to pray in the Spirit. I want to pray the rain down. Amen. It ain't, a, it ain't an option. We got to do it. Latha's going to hell. I'm telling you, somebody's got to pray the walls down. Somebody's got to get in the Holy Ghost. Somebody's got to quit talking about it and get the real deal and say, I'm a child of God with the power of the Holy Ghost. Slavim. Some of you are getting it. Some of you are clueless right now. Come on, I'm trying to help you here today. Uh, hallelujah. It can't be business as usual. Why? Because there's a good chance when the trumpet sounds, uh, you're still going to be sitting here uh, going off. Saying, I thought I had it. I thought I had it. Hey Amen. It was just a little sin here. It was just a little habit I didn't shake. It was just a little carnality. I thought I had this. Hallelujah. Amen. You're going to wake up surprised, wondering why you can't shake that spirit of adultery off you. Wondering why you can't get that pornography out of your soul. Wondering why, oh my God, who caught I tell you why. It's a false authority. Claiming something you had that you ain't got. 
Let's worship him. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, let's talk to him. Help us today. Come on, let's lift our voice. Hallelujah. There's a place we need to go in the Lord today to get some job done. Hallelujah. 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 Let's wait on the Lord. Come on. Hey, the Holy Ghost is here, but folks, it's stirred up. Hallelujah. Oh, God wants to break through today and give some people some deliverance today. Are you tired of lifeless prayer meetings? Are you tired of not seeing the glory come down? Are you tired of not seeing the miracles you've been promised? Huh? You got to get a hold of what this preacher's talking about here today. You're living under a false authority fallacy. It's not the will of God. Woo! Give me seated. The devil ain't afraid of some people's worship. He's not afraid of some people's altar. I'm going to take it further. There's entire churches that have apostolic on the sign that hell ain't afraid of them. Folks, Holy Ghost here this morning. I feel Hallelujah. I said, there's someone say it again. There are people who have an altar that hell ain't afraid of it. There's churches that hell ain't afraid of. Amen. Uh, there ought to be the desire in every one of us. Uh, I've already said this. I'm going to say it again. Uh, that hell is afraid of our altar. I said, hell needs to be afraid of your altar. Don't you want hell to be afraid of your altar? I'm going to tell you the Philistines' worst days was when Samuel got behind that altar because that man with his prayer withstood an entire nation uh, and not one word of his fell to the ground. He didn't draw a sword. He didn't draw a sling. Uh, but he got on the altar and by his prayers, uh, he stopped an entire army uh, of the Philistines uh, and they could not take Israel. And Israel cried unto him, Samuel, cease not to pray for us. Uh, they understood the power Samuel had uh, in that altar. Uh, and can I tell you, uh, if an Old Testament prophet can have that kind of power, I've come to tell you today, the saints of God are supposed to have that kind of power in the spirit world. I'm telling you, if one saint get a hold of what I'm talking about, you can withstand a thousand. And if one can put a thousand to flight, two can put two thousand to flight. Come on. It's time we have the authority that we say we got. It's time we have power over the devil that we say we got. It's time we chase him and quit letting him chase us. Samuel was totally surrendered to God and by his prayers alone he withstood thousands of Philistines there's some people hell mocks when they're at their altar they've been watching some people go through the motions for years so they ain't got no power with God we ain't afraid of them I'm going to tell you what what I'm contending for, and I know your pastor does too, I'm contending that every time we come to church, hell starts having a nervous breakdown. Saying, we're in trouble. 
Why? Because those people don't just worship. They worship in the spirit. There is a difference. Those people don't just pray. They pray in the spirit. Folks, we're in trouble. That church is gathering again. Get, get ready. Get ready. Get a hold of something. Why? Because true church is coming to prayer meeting. Again, down their knees. Again, ready to worship. And you know every time they pray and every time they worship, God starts pouring out his blessing. Fire starts falling out of heaven. The sacrifice starts being consumed. Oh, our worship ought to give hell a nervous breakdown. Our prayer ought to give hell a nervous breakdown. But there's some people's worship, the devil goes, <laughs> they've been doing that for quite a long time. There ain't no power in that. There's others, they kneel out of a sense of duty. Heart ain't in it. Faith ain't in it. Ain't repentant in days. Ain't surrendered to God. But they go through the motions, and hell just laughs. He ain't afraid of that. You know how to know when you're a threat to the devil? All hell will come against you. You wonder how when you're gaining ground, all hell will start coming against you. Don't be surprised when you start breaking through to where you're supposed to be. Hey Amen. People walk through the doors full of the devil. I've watched that happen my whole life. Uh, why? You say, hey, I take that as a compliment. Why? Because I know we're getting somewhere. If I go a little while and hell ain't stuck his head up, I get nervous, elder. I get worried. What's wrong? Why? Why is it so easy right now? There's something wrong with this picture. Why? Because hell don't take it sitting down. Uh, amen. Amen. But he'll come at you with everything he's got. Uh, hallelujah. And try his best to destroy you. Uh, amen. But you've got to start taking ground. Uh, amen. And as you go up through the ranks, uh, there are spirits that have higher power. Uh, you know, I'm not getting into all that. You can see that in the Bible. Amen. Uh, but they'll unleash with everything they got. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Uh, upon this rock I have built my church. Uh, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. When's the last time you were personally challenged by the devil? Woo, I'm trying to get somewhere with this here. Surrender to God, totally surrender to God. When you're surrendered to God, the enemy will surrender to you. Samuel surrendered to God and defeated the Philistines. Amen. Paul was strong when he was weak, weak in the flesh. Too many have strong flesh and weak spirits. That's backwards. I'm going to say it again. Too many people have strong flesh but weak Holy Ghost. That's backward. We're supposed to have strong Holy Ghost. Weak flesh. Not weak in the sense of sickly. You know, walking around and looking like you're about to, you know, like you've uh, been sucking on lemons all day. Yeah, you ever seen that? You ever seen people sing like that? I know you have. They sing and they worship. Yeah. I got the Holy Ghost down in my soul. Yeah. Well, if they clap, yeah. just like the Bible said, you couldn't tell it by looking at them. Yeah. You know, it's joy, uns it's joy unspeakable and full. <laughs> Hey, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Ain't the will of God to go weak and weak with no joy. Ain't the will of God to live in apostolic with long faces and constantly sad and 
constantly down on the dumps. That ain't the will of God. Amen. It's supposed to flow out of you, a river of living water. Woo! So when Paul, he said, when I'm weak in these infirmities, when I'm weak, I've learned. Paul learned something that he's trying to teach us that a lot of people never get. That when my carnality is weak, when my flesh is weak, I've got power with God in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because the trial keeps me surrendered. The battle keeps me humble. Some people never submit to the trial. They resist the hand of God. So they never come out with the victory. And they live a boring life with God. And have no power. Folks, I'm not interested in that. Flesh doesn't like that. You know, the flesh likes control. The flesh wants power. I'm kind of teach preach mood here today. I hope that's okay. The flesh likes the flesh likes the power of the Holy Ghost, but it still wants to be in control. It's not how this thing works. That's not how it works. Amen. God works in opposites. You study that. I preached a message one time called the opposites of God. When I'm weak, I'm strong. Paul had to be smitten blind to see. He had to become a base to be exalted. Had to be poor to be rich with God. God works in opposites. Why? Because everything that's good in the flesh is bad for the spirit. But everything that's good for the spirit kills the flesh. I'd rather be full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Your consecration may cause you to sacrifice things that you don't like that ain't necessarily. The Holy Ghost gave this to me this morning. That ain't this, uh, this whole message, but this particular right here, that isn't necessarily a sin. <clears throat> but it's things that, that make your flesh and your carnality strong. I've never said that anywhere else before. That hit me this morning in prayer. I'm going to say it again. Your consecration, your hunger for God. When you're calling in the deeper realms, God may call for something that ain't sin, but he wants to establish something in the Holy Ghost. It has to be legally established in the Spirit. You want a case out of the Bible? Abraham and Isaac. Isaac was the promised child. He wasn't sin. But God called him to the mountain. To see if he would be willing to offer the thing he loved the most. One of the things he loved the dearest. And to see if he was willing to sell it all out. So God already knew that. Yeah, he knew that. But it had to become legally established. It had to be brought out. Just because it's in here, God wants it to manifest. God said, I know it's in you, Abraham. I got confidence in you, buddy. But it's got to come out. Why? We got we to write this down we got to legally establish. Now I know there is nothing. Woo, hallelujah. God knew it all along, but now it's legally established. Now I know there is nothing he will withhold from me. Woo, I feel this. What's God been calling you to give up? That ain't a sin, but it's making your flesh and carnality strong. Oh, I feel this. Hear the word of the Lord today. Let's feel after him. Come on, wait on him with me here.
My God, I'm in the Holy Ghost. I feel this. You know I feel this. I'm prophesying to you right now. God has been dealing with you to lay some things on the altar that ain't a sin, but it's making your flesh strong. Let's pray, church. God's speaking specifically to some people. I feel this. We've stepped into something here. Come on. Hallelujah. And that flesh is fighting. And it's holding you back. Money's going to keep some people from getting to where they need to be in God. Some people's cell phones and iPads is going to keep people from getting to where they get with God. Where they need to be. And I have both. But some, oh God, I feel this. Woo. My God, I feel it. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is talking to some of you. There's things that ain't necessarily sin, but it's making your flesh weak or strong. It's making your flesh stronger than it should be. Woo. I've come to tell you, God needs you weak in flesh. God needs you weak in the carnality. Why? There's a revival to be had in the city. It's a bit promised to this city. My God. And sometimes to get what I'm talking about, I've still got a little bit to go. I'm trying to hurry here. Amen. Uh, and uh, but when you go to step out, and you go into a deeper walk with God, you're going to drag that flesh kicking and screaming. It's going to get. It's going to scream. I told a saint in my church the other day. She's she talking to me. She's doing more fasting than she's ever done. She's doing more praying than she's ever done. This particular lady is so hungry for revival in our church. I've been preaching. If one would just get a hold of it, if one would just get a hold of it can turn this thing around. I'm watching it. I'm watching it change. I can feel the Holy Ghost talking about it. I'm watching it change our entire atmosphere. When she breaks through, I can feel it. I can feel it breaking the spirit. The, I can, the whole church can feel it. I, I just feel it. I can feel it in the prayer. I can feel it when she sings. She, got, she, she just took off with it and ran with it. Did a 10-day fast. Uh, ate for a week after. Went back into a 12-day fast. Water only. 10 days. And took 7 days off. And went back into a 12-day fast. Uh, hunger for God. Come off of that. Ate another week or two and did a three-day fast. Uh, and spending hours uh, in, in, in prayer. As soon as she gets off work, uh, she drew kashoto hikaradamanda. We'll drive to the church and pray three and four hours. I slipped in at times too because of business. She didn't know I was there. Ain't over there messing around. And I hear her, oh, oh, wailing in the Holy Ghost. You know what's happening? I'm I'm watching the entire church change. I'm watching the atmosphere change. And she said, it seems like the more I pray, the more I'm coming up against things. I said, you've got to realize something. Amen, that's not in your heart. That's the flesh kicking and screaming. It's dying. She goes, I'm having whacked out thoughts sometimes. I said, don't own those thoughts. You're getting somewhere in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, we need an intercessor to rise up in truth church. That says all my hobbies don't matter. We got to have revival. We got to have revival. Folks, this ain't God. Hey, listen, listen. I'm not here to brag on a saint. I'm telling you, she ain't just done this on a week. She's done this for months. It's eating at her. It ain't just a flash of emotion. That's getting her excited. But there's something dying. There's something dying. And if you want revival and you want to walk with God and you want the authority you're supposed to have, you're going to drag your flesh kicking and screaming. You're going to drag some hobbies up here. You're going to drag some habits uh, that's making you strong in the flesh and weak in the spirit my God hear the word of the Lord today Let's lift our hands and love him 
Help me, Jesus. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. Help me, God. It just depends on how bad you want God. Let's wait on him. Hallelujah. The question ain't always, is it sin or not? The question is, is it making me weak in the spirit and strong in the flesh? That's the question. You get to digging in the heart, you might just be surprised at the idols that there, if you're honest with God. How can I preach that? I've been there. I went through those times of deep consecration and breaking and pruning. Really helped me. I didn't like what came out of me. I didn't like what I saw that was there when God, I didn't like it. Again, not necessarily sin, but just things that I didn't realize had become an idol in my heart. I guess in the big picture, it does become a sin eventually. But somewhere, you got to put it on the altar and say, not my will, but thine be done. You've got to have a willingness to give it all. What if, he, what if he calls for that nice car you like to drive? It makes you feel good. Nothing wrong with a nice car. I like my truck out there I drive. Nothing wrong with it. What if God calls for it? Getting quiet, ain't it? What if he calls... For you to be fervent in prayer and to walk in the Holy Ghost. And, he'll, and I'm not talking about getting crazy and doing something off the wall. God deals with you. He'll confirm it with your man of God. It'll all work out. But what if he calls you to go from making 150000 to 85000 a year so you can have revival in your family? I'm not saying he's doing that. I'm just, I, folks, I feel this. What if he calls you? So you know what? I got a lot of time wasters. I'm going to push them aside for a while. Family, friends, I guess the, I'm not too trendy. My kids think I'm old. But I've been hearing this saying a lot lately around town. My kids have said it. Talking about people going dark. I guess it's when you just disappear. Oh, yeah, it's whatever, the internet, phone. So let me use that terminology. What if God calls you into consecration? And you got to push it all aside and say, don't get upset if you don't hear from me for a while. Don't get upset if you don't hear some text messages from me for a while. I'm not ignoring you. But I feel something pulling on me. And i got to set aside some time. And me and God has got to get down to business. It just depends on how much you want God. That's what it comes down to. It just depends on how much you want, God. There are a lot of hearts here getting hold of this, but there's a couple of you. I apologize. Come back tonight. Maybe we'll do better. You're not getting this. Some of you don't even like this. You don't like it. You like your flesh. You love it. You've been too alive. 
you've been alive for so long. The thoughts of dying out to God scares you plumb to death. The thoughts of what I'm preaching is scaring you. I couldn't imagine. Some of you would have never walked up there with Isaac and said it's yours. But my son, no God, you can't have that. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. You can't have that. And you will never have what you need with God. Let's pray, church. Let's talk to the Lord. Oh, how bad do you want God? Hey, I'm your friend today. I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you. Holy Ghost trying to give some people some answers here today. Gotta be willing to lay it on the altar. I say it's yours. That's the people hell are afraid of. That's the one the devil says, we got a bad situation right here, guys. These people getting a hold of something. Woo. Now I know, Abraham, you hold everything with an open hand. Some people's jobs going to cost them their revival and ultimately their soul. Some people's family is going to cost them their revival, ultimately their soul. Some people's friendships are going to cost them their revival and ultimately their soul. Singing about an authority they don't possess. Shouting about a power that they don't have. Can you bear with me a few more minutes? Don't mistake my intensity for anger. I'm not angry here today, but I feel a burden for you. I'm here reaching for you, church. I'm for you. You hear me? I'm for you. I'm not against you. I'm for you. I'm on your side, but I got a burning in me, and I can preach this with passion because I've been on both sides of this. I know, Bishop Riggin, how it feels not to be sold out. I've lived that life. It's hell. I've lived that life where I straddle the fence it's hell and it's miserable but I've also learned to let God put me through it I've got to hit this I've got to get this or none of this is going to make sense the Holy Ghost talking to us here today I don't want to go beyond the you know any but I want to deliver my burden here let's talk about this this, this false authority fallacy where, it's, where it come from I come across that terminology and studying it was an article a man named John Locke wrote that in 16... 16- 90. That's how far back he wrote that. It's called the false authority fallacy. The argument from authority also appeal to authority is a common argument from which can be fallacious, such as when authority is cited on a topic outside of their area of expertise when the authority cited is not a true expert. Fallacious examples of you, and I'm going to explain this here in a minute. Fallacious examples of using the appeal include any appeal to an authority used in the context of deductive reasoning when the cited authority is stating contentious or controversial position. If they are speaking about an issue unrelated to their expertise, if they are not a true expert in all, at all. In other words, what he's saying, he's, and he's writing this as a college essay, but when some people get backed in a corner or a debate or something to that effect, and they don't really know what they're talking about. You ever seen that before? There's nothing worth being around somebody don't know what they're talking about. And again, the devil knows when we're talking about Jesus, but yet we don't really know what we're talking about. 
And, and so that's what this man, he wrote an article on it. And he said, so a lot of these people, when they're dealing with this and they get back and they, it starts becoming evident they don't know, they will reach out and they will cite somebody else. And a lot of times they'll even cite somebody that's not a true expert. In other words, me and you arguing, you know, say somebody was having a debate between the Trinity and the oneness of God. And all of a sudden, the Trinitarian starts, you know, they're realizing this ain't holding it. Well, let me tell you what. Albert Einstein believed in the Trinity. Well, Albert Einstein wasn't a professor of religion. He don't know nothing about religion. Doubt he knew anything about God. But you get what I'm saying here. They appeal to a false authority to try to look good. And this is going on in Pentecost. Talking about an authority that they don't understand. And here's another thing that goes with it, name dropping. You'll see where I'm coming from here in a second. And I'm going to read this to you. Name dropping is the practice of mentioning important people or institutions with a conversation. Uh, song, online identity, or other communication. The term often connotes an attempt uh, to impress others. It's usually regarded negatively. And under certain circumstances may constitute a breach of professional ethics. When used as part of a logical argument, it can be an example of the false authority fallacy. Name dropping is using the magic that adheres to the name of celebrated people to establish one's superiority while at the same time making the next person feel the drabness of his or her own life. Be like me and you talking. I got President Trump's cell phone number. I'm up here and you're down here. Because you got Biden's cell phone number. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. But you see what I'm talking about. You ever been around somebody like that? They're, you don't really like being around people like that too long. You can tell they're just full of wind. But they're name dropping. They use that in a sales strategy. I was trained to do that when I was selling Yellow Pages. I quit doing it because people didn't like it. I was selling Yellow Page advertising, you know. So you make them mad. Some, a lot of them, you do that. You could... You know, your competition up the road, man, they just did something huge in this. But I don't care what my competition, man. I've had them throw me out the door. You know what? That didn't work. It's considered unethical by a lot of people. Name dropping. The name dropper hopes to raise her, his, her own social status to a level closer to that of those whose name he or her, she has dropped and thus elevate himself or herself above or into present company. It's an example of false authority fallacy. Someone who claims something that they do not possess. Someone who claims to have a knowledge that they know nothing about. Someone who claims uh, to have be an authority on a subject when they're not an authority. Can I tell you, there is nothing worse uh, than a preacher getting in the pulpit proclaiming to have an authority that he does not have. Uh, there's nothing worse than a saint of God uh, professing to, to have an authority that uh, they do not uh, have. Because that is exactly what the sons of Sceva did. That is exactly what these boys did. Uh, amen. They got into spiritual name dropping. They thought it looked good to cast out devils. Uh, they thought it looked good uh, 
to exercise the name of Jesus. Uh, they thought it looked good uh, to strut around with that name. Uh, they looked and they got in there uh, and they got to saying, you know what? Uh, we can do this too. These were preacher's kids if I read my Bible correctly. Uh, and they thought they could ride on the coattail of the ministry. Uh, they thought they could ride on the coattail. Oh, can I tell you something? Uh, you man, uh, you ain't gonna have the authority you need uh, just because you was raised in church. Uh, you're not gonna have the authority you need uh, just because you come to a good church. Uh, you're not gonna have the power you need with God uh, just because your pastor has uh, that authority. Uh, amen. Uh, there has to be a selling out. Uh, there has to be a dying out. Uh, amen. Paul said, I know him in whom I have believed. And these boys did it. We adjure thee by Jesus. We command you in the name of Jesus. You know who Jesus? That one Paul preacheth to come out of him. And those spirits looked at them and said, oh yeah, Paul I know and Jesus I know. But who are you? You haven't made no mark in hell. You haven't offered up no prayers. Who do you think you are, sir? Who do you think you are, boys? Uh, we know Paul. Uh, we've dealt with him. Uh, we've been on the end of his prayers. Uh, we definitely know Jesus. Uh, we know him. Uh, he defeated us at Calvary. Uh, but I'm sorry, sons of Sceva, we don't know you. Uh, that name don't mean nothing to us uh, on your lips. Uh, and those spirits come out of him. Uh, and they beat those boys, uh, plumbed to death. Uh, and great fear fell. And the name of the Lord was magnified. Why? The fear was uh, that if you talk about Jesus... Uh, you better know him. Uh, they learned from that lesson uh, that if you proclaim to be apostolic, uh, you better know what you're talking about. Because uh, if you don't, you get defeated by the devil. Are you tired of being defeated by the devil? Uh, are you tired of getting beat down? Uh, are you tired? Is there anybody here that's tired? Uh, amen. Uh, of not having the power you want in prayer uh, and the power you want in worship. Uh, it's time to quit throwing out a name. Uh, and it's time to know the God of the name. Let's lift our voice, our hands, let's worship him. It's time to quit name dropping and know him by the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his suffering. That's where the power's at, the fellowship of his suffering. I'm almost through Help me pray, church. I'm trying to navigate this thing. Now somebody lift your voice with me here. Help me pray. Come on, help me pray. Some places we're going to get into that God's wanting us to get there. That was the key to Paul walking in the spirit that I might know him in his power, but also in fellowship of his suffering. See? You don't truly know God, church, till you've died with him on a cross. I'm telling you, I'm, I, this ain't just good theory. This is biblical facts. You're, you're not going to have the power you need until you climb on that cross with him. 
You see, you like the kisses. We are his bride. You like the, the pats. The flesh likes that. Flesh likes that, that embrace, the fellowship of that resurrection power. We could preach that all day, and we can shout the house down. But when you get on the fellowship of his suffering, that's a whole different meaning. That's why churches are limited to where they're going in the Holy Ghost. Church, I feel this for us today. You gotta embrace the suffering. The flesh is going, no, no, no. I don't want to die. No. I like my routine. No. I like my eight o'clock coffee, nine o'clock on the job. Five o'clock, come home, hop on the computer, go out and play golf, walk the dog. None of that's sin. But when God's calling you, you got to lay it all on the line. And the flesh says, no, no. I don't want to shove that plate away. But God's saying, come on. God's telling true church, come on. Come on. Come on. Shake off what's besetting you. Shake off what's keeping you from that deeper walk. And embrace the fellowship of a suffering. Woo. But instead we go in day in, day out. I'm, I'm, almost, I'm almost through. We go day in and day out. We come to church. And you know what we're excited about? You know what I found out that flesh is more excited about? Flesh is excited that God ain't left them. Have a great week this week. I wasn't as spiritual as I should be. I come in, I sing the songs of Zion. I felt the Holy Ghost. I felt the chills. God's still here. Love you, Pastor. That's good enough for me. And I'm walking out the door. And I'm no different than when I come in. Other than the fact I felt God. And that's all I live for. That's all I live for. Just living for the feeling. I'm living for the blessing. And God stands back with his arms open. And hell saying, We're good. We're good. No change today. We're good. No change today. We're good. No worry. No worry. It's just going to be another invitation. On an empty head and an empty hand, that's going to prove nothing. And they're going to go home and pat themselves on the back. We invited somebody to church. Feeling good. And yet we got a world going to hell. That God's waiting on somebody to storm the gates of hell. And pull people out of hell. You don't do that without God-given authority. You don't do that with apostol without apostolic authority. And the devil 
beating the tire out of some people that sit on apostolic pews. Maybe not physically like the sons of Sceva, but spiritually they're getting the snot beat out of them. And they wonder why. It's because they're name dropping. They're appealing to somebody they don't know. I rebuke you devil in Jesus' name that my pastor preaches about. The devil says, <laughs> oh my God, I feel it coming on me again. Jesus be healed you know that power my pastor's been preaching about and the devil goes <laughs> oh pastor Riggin we know and Jesus we know but I'm sorry who'd you say you was who'd you say you were I'm sorry Wait, folks that ain't the kind of life I want to live there ought to be something in you that has a desire that when you kneel down in your bed to pray and you pray for that lost lover or that backslider, hell says, oh God, oh God, this is going to be the one that's probably going to break through. Come on, we got to get worried here. Why? Because these people have got a hold of God. Let's stand our feet and reach for the Lord. Let's stand our feet. Let's reach for him. Come on, lift your voice with me right now. Lift your voice with me. I got a lot more I could say, but I don't think you can handle it. Come on. Come on. Come on. You know what? You're ready to go. We're getting close to your lunch time. That's why you're not going to have what you... God couldn't call you to an all-night prayer meeting. Some he could. But some, that's not even an option to you. 5 a.m. prayer is not an option to you. That's a sacrifice, preacher. You're meddling. Seven day fast? Are you kidding me? Seven day? My God, it's been months since I've done a one day fast. And you're preaching about seven days? And you're preaching about three days? It just depends on how bad you want God. Folks, I don't want to call on a name I don't know. But there ought to be a desire in every one of us that when you look the devil in the white to the eyes and say in Jesus' name, they say, yes, what do you want me to do? Where do I go? Depart! Oh, hallelujah. Let's worship him. These altars are open. Somebody love him. What's he calling for? What's he calling for? What are you willing to give? Hallelujah. I will give you all. I will give you all. All is what you ask of me. I will not withhold. If my sacrifice is less than giving you my very best, Help me remember Calvary's cross and be willing to say yes. I will give you all. You feel that way? I will give you all. All is what you desire of me. I will not say no if my sacrifice is less than giving you my very best. Give me the courage and the strength 
to be willing to say yes. Oh, come on, that's it. Lift your voice to him. Come on, pray like it's a dying sacrifice. Pray like it's a dying sacrifice. Kicking and screaming. I'm dying. I'm dying. That flesh may even cry out, no! But the spirit saying, yes! <laughs> Here it is, Lord. Here it is. I'm laying it on the altar. 